Thin Line Believers is a Christ-based outreach for the men and women who walk the thin line between good and evil, order and chaos. Our motto is, our service for His glory. To the police officers, veterans, firefighters, corrections, paramedics, dispatchers, and whoever else may join us, we are so glad you're here. a lot of you right now are out watching the Super Bowl. I really didn't have any interest in either of the teams. I was actually rooting against both of them a couple weeks ago. No offense if you're a Tom Brady fan, but I I almost hope that he wins this one just so that he'll retire. But uh, that's just me personally. So instead, I'm out here uh, recording this podcast for you folks, and I hope that you enjoy the Super Bowl, and I hope that... Uh, that it'll be a good week ahead for you. This week I do not have a guest. I had planned to, but it, it fell through, and that's all right. But uh, this week I'm going to discuss kind of an interesting topic, uh, one that can be kind of controversial. It's going to be a little different than our, our normal normal podcasts, but I think it's important. It's important that we all understand this. Really what I want to do is encourage some uh, encourage you to be like the Bereans in Paul's day who listened to what he had to say, but they didn't just take it at face value. They went and they researched on their own. They searched the scriptures on their own. So there's going to be a lot of scriptural citation today. Uh, and we're, we're just going to get right into the word. And we're just going to discuss our current times. Okay, so uh, what we're going to talk about today is Bible prophecy as it concerns the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, I personally believe that we're we're in that time. I believe that we're that generation. And hopefully, going through this, I can kind of explain why, but more so, hopefully it gets you into the Word to make a decision for yourself and hopefully really just gets you to immerse yourself in the Word of God because... You know, as I heard from uh, my pastor, John Phelan, today, you know, there's a lot of people who, who want to hear from God, but they don't open this this book that's full of his word. So I want to encourage you all to get into your Bible. And so let's get right into this. So the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists, that's, yeah, that's a thing, uh, currently puts the quote-unquote doomsday clock at two minutes to midnight, with midnight representing the closeness to which these scientists believe we are to, 
I guess you could say it's the apocalypse or the end of days or nuclear war, whatever it may be. They put us at two minutes to midnight. And they attribute this to what they describe as climate change and nuclear instability, basically. Well, however you feel about climate change, I, I'll keep my opinions to myself on that one. But let's touch on nuclear instability here for just a second. Uh, I like to kind of jump between news sources. I like to check out Israeli news sources and American news sources. And then, oddly enough, another one that I like to check out on a regular basis is called Sputnik News. And obviously that's Russian. So it's interesting to see a Russian point of view versus an American point of view. And somewhere in the middle... Well, maybe there's some truth, but in jumping around all these different news sources, it's you can uh, find pretty easily that the U.S. is uh, recently pulled or is pulling out of the INF treaty, the the nuclear uh, treaty that we had with Russia, uh, and the U.S. is citing Russian violations of that treaty with uh, weapons testing. So, well, there's there's your nuclear instability right there. <coughs> Uh, the Middle East is still in constant state of war. That's really nothing new right there. But what's interesting about this one is it's caused the deaths and displacement of multiplied thousands of Christians. Uh, ISIS did a number on our brothers and sisters there in, in Iraq and in the Middle East. It's ridiculous and, and amazing. But what, is, what does this kind of stuff mean for Christians? And really where should our focus be? Well, I believe, as many pastors that I listen to, uh, Jack Hibbs, uh, J.D. Farag, Amir Sarfati out of Israel, uh, you know, we believe that Israel is God's prophetic timepiece, especially since having been uh, returned to their homeland in 1948 and regained the uh, the city of Jerusalem in 1967. So, so what I'd like to start with, getting into the Bible here, and if you're kind of a prophecy nut like I am, you're very familiar with Matthew 24, I'm sure. So, <clears throat> Matthew 24, verses 32 through 34, says, Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. Okay, I'm going to pause right there for just a second because biblically, the fig tree represents the nation of Israel. Okay, so you can go back further in the Bible and do some research there. And, but uh, this is Jesus talking here. And so the fig tree is representative of Israel. Okay, so now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Okay, now, I want you to take note that uh, leading up to this, these uh, three verses here, Jesus is talking about the end of days, okay? So, now when we get to these particular verses, talking about the fig tree, what Bible scholars believe 
that Jesus is describing here is the nation of Israel being basically reborn. The the tree is is sprouting its leaves and its uh, twigs are tender, which means they're soon to be ripe and fall to the ground. So this is describing Israel in 1948 being rebirthed as a nation. Now we're going to talk about Isaiah 66 here shortly, which also describes this. But first, let's jump over to Luke, who was uh, another disciple of Jesus's. And Luke was actually a, uh, a physician. Luke wrote, obviously, the book of Luke, but also wrote the book of Acts. <clears throat> now, just so we don't take one disciple's word for it, here's, here's Luke's recollection of what Jesus said as well. And this is in Luke 21, verses 29 through, we're going to go through 36 here. It says, he told them this parable. And this is talking about Jesus here. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation certainly will not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Now we're going to talk about this too because I believe that this here is speaking of the rapture. But we're going to, we're going to touch on that here shortly. Okay, but what I want to focus on is that he talks about the fig tree here again. The fig tree has blossomed. Israel is in their homeland again. And they have been since 1948. Okay. Now, if you don't know the history of Israel, it's very, very interesting. You should you should definitely look into it because, and I'm talking about modern day Israel here. Because in 1948, a uh, decision was made at the UN to make Israel a, uh, I believe they called it a nation state at that time. Okay. So, Israel became a nation basically overnight. And that doesn't happen. Obviously, usually there are wars fought and deals made. And that and that right there brings us to Isaiah 66, like I said here just a minute ago. So let me jump over to Isaiah 66. I'm actually using a Bible because I prefer to actually have... A real Bible instead of just an app on my phone. But let's jump over to Isaiah 66. And we're going to talk about verse 8 here. Verse 8 says, Who has ever heard of such things? Who has ever seen things like this? Can a country be born in a day? Or a nation be brought forth in a moment? Yet no sooner is Zion in labor than she gives birth to her children. So Zion is, biblically, that's Israel. Okay, so as... The prophet Isaiah describes here, the nation of Israel was born in a day. And it says, no sooner is Zion in labor than she gives birth to a children. Well, certainly thanks to the uh, the World War II, there were certainly labor pains leading up to this. 
However, the nation of Israel as a whole was born in a day. Shortly after that, it came under attack. And in 1967, again, it came under attack. And what's interesting about the nation of Israel is that every time it's attacked, it just gains more land. And that's just a little side note there. But these are God's chosen people. God makes these promises. And we see in 48, promises fulfilled. 67, promises fulfilled. And now I think at another time, we'll have to discuss the promises of God because you can see the nation of Israel and all these promises that have been made and they've been kept. And it's just proof for you and me that God keeps his promises. He really does. And there's no promise made in this in this word that God doesn't keep. In fact, he swears upon his, he promises on his own name because there's no name greater than his. Like if I was to say, I swear to God, which I don't, but if I was, that would be because there's no higher name that I can swear to. And that's why God swears on his own name. So that's a little side note there, but let's jump over to Ezekiel 36 and 37. Now I'm not going to read this, but I encourage you to actually read it yourself because in this, God takes the prophet Ezekiel and he shows him the rebirth of Israel also. We see all over the Old Testament this rebirth of Israel because Israel was was conquered um, well a long time ago, but then very definitively, uh, I believe it was 70 AD when the temple was torn down and burned. And since then, the, the the nation of Israel, the Jews, have been wandering the earth. And then finally, especially here in Ezekiel 37, it talks about this valley of dry bones. And you may have heard about this one before. But basically, God breathes on them, and the bones gather back up into uh, into to people. And and so it talks about the regathering of these uh, people and to become the, the new nation of Israel. So, okay. I, I, I think we've, we've pretty much beat that, that horse pretty dead, okay? So, yes, Israel's a nation again. Now, what does that matter? Why does that matter to us? Uh, well, because of the time clock. Because of that victory, because of the this generation shall not pass away before these things have been fulfilled. Okay, so they're back in Matthew 24. Jesus is talking about basically the biblical end of days. Okay, so it's saying that the nation that sees this fig tree bud and sprout, the nation that sees the rebirth of Israel, is not going to pass away without having seen this biblical end of days, essentially. Okay, so now what are a couple of prophecies that I, I want to touch on a couple of things that are prophesied during Israel's days before the uh, the end of days or what I'll call the tribulation. Okay, let's, let's be accurate here. At the end of the Christian age here on earth, is going to be what's called the tribulation. Okay, so now what is Israel yet to see? And again, this differs per 
biblical teacher or a Bible teacher or a biblical scholar, okay? But here's the way it's been taught to me, okay? What's still on the horizon for Israel? Now, this doesn't mean that the rapture can't happen before this comes, because it most certainly can. There's nothing that says that uh, these things have to happen before the rapture occurs, okay? And and technically, there's nothing that says that this has to be before the tribulation, but I believe that if we look at it in context, it is before the tribulation, more likely than not, or uh, between the rapture and the tribulation. I, I can't be dogmatic about that. Okay, but let's let's talk about Isaiah 17. Isaiah 17 hasn't happened yet, but it speaks of Damascus, the oldest city that is still a city, I believe, <clears throat> and it's still inhabitable. I mean, barely. If you look at any kind of drone footage of Damascus, it's it's pretty tattered, uh, thanks to the war going on over there. However. Isaiah 17 says, basically, and I'm not quoting on this exactly, but it says that Damascus will become a ruinous heap and that it will be uninhabitable and then that uh, only the birds of the air will inhabit there and that they will be undisturbed. So I'm not sure what that ex- that speaks of exactly. Maybe chemical warfare, maybe uh, nuclear warfare, maybe just all-out destruction. I don't know. But then we go to Ezekiel 38 and many Bible teachers believe that these two are connected. Okay, so Ezekiel 38, and I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I, I really recommend that you, that you look into this and that you actually check out someone who teaches this. Um, good ones, again, would be J.D. Frog or Jack Hibbs, or uh, Jack Hibbs actually has some some uh, updates on understanding our times um, with a couple different guests, and I, I, I recommend checking those out as well. But So Ezekiel 38 is going to describe a war that comes against Israel. And the names are obviously different in Ezekiel 38 because Ezekiel is describing the surrounding countries at that time. But what's interesting right now is if you actually look at where those countries are, and where they are as far as uh, their alignment with Israel. And by that I mean, are they allies or are they enemies? Okay, the Ezekiel 38 describes them perfectly. So the countries that come against Israel in this war are those that are currently either borderline or against Israel. And the countries that speak out against it or do nothing about this war are those who are either, well, they're basically allies or they're, they are in some kind of economic trade deal with Israel, countries that would actually lose something from engaging in a war with Israel. Okay, so <clears throat> mainly some of the key ones here are Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia has never, ever been allied with Israel before. In fact, in 48 and 67, there were some that led the war against Israel. Today, they are allied with Israel. They're trade partners with Israel. They benefit mutually with Israel from their economic uh, cooperation. Okay, that's totally unheard of in history up until today. 
Now, the three main countries that are going to come against Israel in this Ezekiel 38 war are Turkey and Iran and Russia. Okay, so Russia is on Israel's border right now. In fact, they control one of the borders on the Syrian side. Turkey has been outspoken against Israel. I don't even need to talk about Iran. If you guys have flipped through the channels or looked at any kind of news whatsoever, Iran, who used to actually be friendly with Israel, uh, now calls them the little Satan, calls the U.S. the great Satan. And <clears throat> very recently, they have been very outspoken about their intent to destroy Israel completely and to wipe them out from the history books. So, on that note, I do recommend that you kind of kind of watch this because it's in your Bible. If it's in your Bible, why wouldn't you pay attention to it? There's a reason that God wrote this word, that God had this... <coughs> has this word in existence and it's so that we'll know it and so we'll pay attention to it okay so that's another those are other prophecies to pay attention to watch this stuff going on in the Middle East if for nothing else it's pointing to the fact that we're near the return of of Jesus now I talked about the restoration of Israel well, what comes next? Well, let's go back to Luke 21. So, Luke 21 is going to talk about... Okay, Luke, Luke 21, verses 20 through 28, for sure. Describe the tribulation period. Now, if you were to flip ahead to Revelation... Uh, chapters 6 through 19 describe the tribulation period. Okay, so check out the book of Revelation. Some don't teach it because they say it's too difficult, controversial, and so on. But it's the only book in the Bible that comes with a blessing attached. So read Revelation. Okay, verse chapters 1 through 3 describe church history in its entirety. Chapters 4 and 5 describe the church being taken up into heaven. Okay, now chapters 6 through... Okay, chapters 4 and 5, just the, the church is spoken of multiple times. Chapters 1 through 3 as well. Now chapters 6 through 19, the church isn't mentioned. Okay, that's because we're not here. All right, now, I know that there's some controversy as to when the tribulation period occurs and when the rapture happens in regards to the tribulation period and so on and so forth, but given what I've been taught, I, I don't believe that there's any way that the church can be here during the tribulation because then we would know the day that Jesus would return. We would know days and times and dates because the Bible describes these, uh, how many number of days, how many number of months, 
between events in the tribulation period. But the Bible says that no one knows the day or the hour. Okay, so when you get into Luke, just know that verses 20 through 28 of chapter 21 describe that tribulation period. Now, I know I'm jumping around a lot, but hopefully you'll check these out for yourself when you get the opportunity. So, let's jump ahead to 1 Thessalonians 5, and we're going to read uh, verses 1 through 9. And this is, we're going to keep in mind uh, these verses regarding the rapture, okay? This is Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica. It says, Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, Peace and safety, destruction will come upon them suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Okay, I'm going to hold right there for a second. Just a little side note here. It says when people are saying peace and safety also can be translated peace and security. If you check out the news, that uh, that term, peace and security, peace and safety, is being heard constantly right now. Okay, so pay attention to these, these current events for that reason. Okay, moving along. Verse 4. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath. Okay, I'm, I'm going to start that over again. Now, I want you to think about this in regards to the tribulation period, okay? And why this is just one of many, many reasons why I believe that we will not go through that tribulation period, okay? This is, this is Paul speaking to the church. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, he did not appoint us to wrath. The tribulation period is known as the wrath. Okay, the period of wrath. So, <clears throat> I want to move on to 2 Thessalonians. So this is the second letter, also written by Paul, also to the church of Thessalonica. And we're going to read chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. And it says, For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. Okay, so, Second Thessalonians chapter 2 talks about this man of lawlessness who we know as the Antichrist. Okay. It's also in uh, Daniel. Extensively in Daniel. I believe it's chapters uh, 11 and 12. Okay. It's also in the book of Revelation. Talks extensively about uh, the Antichrist, the beast. Okay. <clears throat> but here in 2 Thessalonians, Paul, just, Paul talks about him briefly here. But uh, what we need to focus on as Christians is that uh, the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so until he's taken out of the way. Now, it's my belief, it's many 
Bible teachers believe that the one who's holding back the wrath is the Holy Spirit indwelling the church during this time. Okay, so it's those who are peripheral. It's the it's the followers of Christ who are holding back the Antichrist from being able to come to power. Okay, so once that's removed, i.e. the rapture, then the Antichrist will be able to come into power. So, why am I talking about all this today? Well, it's because we need to be looking for the second coming of Christ, okay? Now, there's a, a crown promised to those who long for his return, okay? Now, if we live like this, if we're looking for his return, if we're living our lives as if we know Jesus can come back in any second, if he knows he can bring us home at any time, then we're going to be just fine. Because even if he doesn't, if we're living our lives that way, here's a here's a fun little statistic for you. 10 out of 10 people die. So if we're living our lives in such a way that we know that death is imminent, the first death, okay? Now, we can get into that another time. But what I'm saying is, if we live our lives in such a way that we know that we can die at any second, if we know that Jesus can return at any moment in the twinkling of an eye, it says in the Bible, then we're going to be just fine. Our spot's going to be secure in heaven. People are going to see the way we're living our lives, and they're going to, they're going to wonder why. Now, it also brings kind of a sense of urgency to share the gospel with others because really look at the times we're living in look at what we've talked about today and man Jesus can come back at any time and if we're not saved if he comes back and there's somebody that we didn't share the gospel with that could have been saved then they're going to go through the tribulation and you know, take the time to read Revelation 6 through 19. The tribulation is not a nice thing to have to go through. I believe that the people will be saved during the tribulation. However, it's it's going to come at a price. A lot of uh, a lot of people are going to lose their heads. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to close with 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 9. And I hope that what we've talked about today, or what I've talked about today... I guess, because I'm the only one talking on here. But I hope that it encourages you to get in your scriptures, to kind of research this stuff, because, you know, it's been said that the Bible's two-thirds prophetic. It's the only book in the world that has the audacity to do such a thing. But it's correct all the time. So, you know, that should speak for itself as to the accuracy of this book. But I really think that we'll be a lot better off if we get into our Bible and we pray every single day. So with that, let's let's finish up this last scripture here. Second Peter chapter three, verses three through nine. Above all, you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, Where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being, and the earth was formed out of water and by water. 
By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So if you wonder why this hasn't happened yet, well, I'll tell you what. I'm sure glad it didn't happen. Uh, let's see. I'm sure glad it ha- didn't happen in mid-2014 because my head wasn't right. I don't know that I would have been taken. I'm sure glad I didn't die at that time because, man, I would have been just by the skin of my teeth whether I got into heaven or not. Now, please let this be an encouragement to you and not a discouragement. Okay. God is patient. But there will come a day and a time when... It'll be time for us to stamp our time card, and we'll be done. A friend of mine once said that uh, he believes there's a date and time stamped on the insides of uh, each of our skulls, and when that time is up, we're done. There's nothing we can do about it. We don't know when it's coming. The only one who knows is God. So I want to encourage you to read your Bible. Keep your head up. Look for the Lord's coming, because he's coming back. He said it time and time again in the New Testament. He's coming back again. He's coming for you and me. Right now he's preparing a place for us. But he's coming back. And when that day comes, I want everybody to be prepared to be looking for it, because it's going to be amazing. And it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth all the time that we spent in the Word, in prayer, and looking for him, and it's going to make our relationship stronger and better. It'll bring peace to your life. I guarantee it in the meantime. So, guys, thank you. That was 33 minutes. I think that's long enough to, to uh, keep your ear today. We do have some pretty good guests coming up in the future. Uh, I don't want to give anything away here too quickly, but um, we do have a couple of real good ones lined out. And in the future, if you have anybody that you do want us to uh, interview, to have a chat with, send us the information, and we'll and we'll reach out. We've learned not to be shy about this, so that's how we get some good guests on here. If you want to hear from anybody again, let me know. And in the meantime, God bless, and uh, you know, prayers for all of our first responders, all of our veterans, and your families. Stay safe.